Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This is the moment we've been waiting for under brilliant skies and sunshine in Virginia. Big crash on the back straightaway, and it's a log jam over there. It's like a yard sale on the back stretch right now. There's junk over there, there's junk over here. I saw a couple cars on fire, so it was a parking lot in there. I couldn't do anything about it. It's kind of one of those compounding, frustrating short track days. Here comes Blaney, looking for the race lead. Hamlin will shut him down. Trouble in turn number three. It's going to get worse for Ryan Blaney. He pulled out of the box, yanked the air hose, and drug it and the air gun with him. And this will be a penalty for moving equipment out of the box. Martin Truex Jr. to the inside on Denny Hamlin. Hamlin will hold on at least for this lap. Truex is there. They go three wide under the left car. Into turn number three. Truex takes the spot. How about the new Mr. Short Track? Checkered flag is out to Martin Truex Jr. That was a lot of fun there at the end, racing with Denny, and we played nice, and Coach will be happy, and uh, it'll be a cordial meeting tomorrow. The new king of Martinsville is Martin Truex Jr. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Motor Mouse. You have three Motor Mouse on the show today. <laughs> Kyle Petty, Steve Vitar, myself, that hurts, Jeff Burton. That hurts. Well, I mean, it's true, right? <laughs> Honesty, sometimes it is it's honesty stings. We have a fun show today. We're going to talk a lot about Martinsville. we got Josh Berry calling in. Yes. we got Brad Doherty calling in. But we want the fans calling in. Please call 844-NASCAR-NBC. Give us a call. We want you on the show. This show is about the fans. Yes. We love the interaction. Give us a call. But going to start with us first. Give me your thoughts about Martinsville. Uh, it's exactly what I was hoping out of a race from Martinsville. Didn't disappoint. The action was great. The only thing I think that was disappointing was we didn't get to see a Saturday night under the lights. Although, I will say, as cool as it looked, Saturday night under the lights, man, I'm a traditionalist, and the day race at Martinsville, there's something about the way the concrete changes. I think it makes a, you know, a big kind of twist for the fans, which is totally different. Um, but it was Martinsville. It was, it, there was a lot of cautions, not too many. There was some pushing. There was some shoving. There was everything we needed, or at least I needed. Um, to have call it a great race, and, and, and at the end, a good battle between teammates. Um, I was entertained, thoroughly entertained. Has there ever been a bad race at Martinsville? I mean, I mean, I, mean, we, we I had a few model. when my cars were yeah, there, we, and they were, it wasn't very good. had bad races, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, right. I, but I mean, when you go back and you look through the history of it, whether it be modified, whether it be, yeah. uh, you know, the late model races they run there, when they used to run the double headers when... Yeah, the, the, all with, with 500. The, yeah, man, those were great races. We used to go and sit in the grandstands and watch those races. So, you know, Martinsville since the first time that, that Clay Earls opened the gates and Red Byron won that first NASCAR race, I think they've just had good races. Um, so you can go wherever you want to. Let's just go back to, uh, and touch the stone and say, okay, this is the Mecca. This is, this is racing. It resets the arms race. That's what I said. Yeah. You know, because when you go to Kansas or you go to yeah, Charlotte, you go this. If you have money, you have horsepower. If you have money, you can have yeah. downforce. With, I mean, this is right. cubic dollars make faster race cars in any series around the yeah. world. What Martinsville does is, you know, money still helps, but you can offset a lot with some good blue-collar short-track racing. I think that's why we it's always it. been that way. Look, we go back to uh, Cliff Stewart and Morgan Shepard winning a race up there. We go back to, to Mark Martin coming up there with his own team and, and running well there. So many underfunded teams. I won't say underfunded. That's, that's the wrong way to put it. New teams or teams that weren't the Bud Moores and the Junior Johnsons yeah. and the Hendrick Motorsports and the Gibbs of the day. Um, they could come there and compete. 
Well, Martinsville is always great. Good news. We already have a caller. I think that's the newest oh. caller in the show so far. Oh, boy. Come on. Join us. What you got? James, go ahead. Oh, uh, hey, guys. Uh, let me say this. It's uh, great to see uh, Martin Mouse again uh, for NASCAR and NBC. So uh, uh, my question is, um, with Martin Trix Jr. winning yesterday and Denny Hamlin leading the most laps, um, which Joe Gibbs racing driver do you think has the advantage going into Richmond next weekend? Oh, that's a good question. Good Denny's home track. Um, I actually think that there's been something about Denny at Martinsville. That if Truex can beat him there, then I have to yeah. definitely give the tip of the hat for Truex going to Richmond. But do not sleep on Kyle Busch. I'll just yeah. throw it out there. Don't that, sleep that, on that, Kyle Busch. I'm with you. I was getting ready to say the same thing. He's yeah. talking Denny and, and, and Hamlin, or Denny and, and Truex, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm thinking Kyle Busch when we go to go to, to right. Yeah, that's that's my Gibbs driver. So so uh, what what about Truex? He couldn't win a short track his whole career. How about like, that? He's not a short track winner. Can't win race a short track. Guess what? Now he's a short track king. <laughs> How does that happen? Uh, you know what? I have no idea. I, that, that is a fascinating thing. And, and, you know, I think we've heard the stories of, of Jimmy Johnson and how he struggled at, at Martinsville. And then he started looking and talking to Jeff Gordon. And Jeff explained things to him. He looked at the data. He understood it. I, I don't know if, if Martin just fell face first into a computer program that told him <laughs> how, to, how to run around Martinsville. But all of a sudden... It's translated to every short track on the circuit, and he is just—he became the man. Uh, and that's that's hard. To, uh, growing up running short tracks like he did, you would have thought it would have been a natural, natural thing. I believe a lot of it's confidence, and the reason I say yeah. that is because so we talk about the 600, the Southern 500, Martinsville's—I know it was broken up this time with rain, but it's a four-hour day. And I say that because I mean you can be two laps down, get back on the lead lap, a lot happens. In 500, we couldn't have enough cameras in the world to show you everything that happens, right? So, so, That's true. so what Gordon did to your point, KP, when I was a crew chief, is for him, he taught me how long that race is, and he would yeah. say, "Hey, listen, at the 100, we just need to be here. Be thinking about when we need it to 200, and what we need it to 300." I know it's changed some with stage racing, but I, I think we saw it, right? True X track came to him. And when the points were paid, the money was handed out, he found a way yeah. to get up front. I, that's why I think confidence, right? You have to be okay not being great at lap 300. Yeah. You know, so I, when I look at Truex, I don't think of a guy that couldn't run well at, at, at yeah. short tracks. Like, he ran well. He, he ran just well. couldn't find a way to win. I think that maybe just execution. Yeah. And, you know, regardless of what we think, you know, Martin's not a, you know, the youngest guy on the racetrack. Yeah. He's still learning. Yeah. Right? He's still getting better, still making – improvements to himself, Denny Hamlin is too. I think the very best, you know, right? They, they learn, they learn, they yeah. get better, they get better. Then you get to a point where for whatever reason, yeah. it, it falls apart. Yeah. But Truex is still like this. He's yeah. still ascending with being able to execute, learn, apply. He's just, you know, yeah. all-around driver right now. Maybe maybe Martin's like a, a baseball pitcher who comes in and, and has nothing but heat in his early years. Right. And then he gets to an age where he becomes a pitcher, where he knows he's got to throw different stuff during the course of the day to make it through a race. And that's kind of the way he approached this race. If you look at it, do different stuff for the first 150 laps, something different for the next 150 laps, and was there to capitalize on it when it took time. So great battle he and his teammate Denny Hamlin. Uh, guys, I thought Denny, I thought the race laid out for Denny the way he needed it. I didn't think that last run was a long yeah. run. I thought that hey, he's got a short, good short run car. Uh, he was able to get by Martin Truex Jr. But it seemed to me his car fell off quicker in that last run than it had all day long. 
Uh, Denny Hamlin, certainly one of the best in Martinsville, but just didn't seem to have the car we needed. We always talk about there's all these buzzwords, right? You got to find a way to win. You got to close out races. You know, you got all these little things. The truth is. Like it's easy. Like it's easy. Well, the truth is, is in the majority of these races, there are three or four that are running at 85 or 90% and still running good. Leading races, running up front. What I mean by this is, and you guys have seen it, right? How many times do we have to learn in the last 50 laps or the last time down pit road? You have to make an adjustment because the wick is going turned up. And, and so to your point, I question, and Denny will never admit this, but how much, you know, because he lost control of the race on pit road. Well, he didn't really lose it, but yeah. he didn't have control of the race after the pit stops. So I know he got right by the 19, but you know how Martinsville is, man. Like, we talk about the cheese grater at, at Darlington. Yeah. Martinsville, you slip your tire one time, and you have taken life out of it, right? So how much did he have to hustle on those? Just I'm talking the first two corners yeah. of that restart. Did he hurt his tires a little bit versus earlier in the race? Did he just patiently get into his run? I, I mean, we'll never know. Or yeah. did Truex's stuff just come to life, right? Was it, was it his to lose? Yeah, but I, was, I, I think I was fascinated from, from the Denny perspective. For me, watching it was we knew he had a short-run car. So when they dropped the green flag at the end of the race and he takes the lead, I'm like, this thing's over with. You know, I'm, I'm ready to put the pizza in the oven. You know, <laughs> I, I, can, I don't have to watch these last few laps. You know, but... but it didn't play out that way. But what was fascinating was Denny had a short run car all day long. He couldn't make it, he could make it run 30 laps and that was it. He could make so did they not keep up with the racetrack? Right. Did they not turn the wick up? Did they not? That was that was the thing that I looked at because I looked at Joey Logano and and, and Paul Wolf. They were out to lunch for one segment. And and then they come back, and the next thing you know, he's got another top 10 run. He's yeah. got another another solid finish. So you look at some teams made adjustments. But it's like Denny's team was like, we're here. We're good. Let's just stay. I'm afraid to move. You know, and sometimes you get in that position where you don't want to adjust yourself out, so you make no adjustment. Well, to your point, it restarted lap 459, lost the lead of lap 485. So 26 laps is yep. all it took. Yep. In my mind, 26 laps is a very short run at Martinsville. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have to agree with your point, though, that I, I, you thought it went his way. Yeah, it seemed like to me it just all laid yeah. out perfectly for him. You know, but I, I will say this. I, it's Joe Gibbs racing. Again, Joe Gibbs racing at Martinsville. Are we surprised they're running up front? Well, I mean, they, it seems like every time you go to Martinsville, they are a factor. Yeah. And 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 look, Kyle Busch, he did not finish well, but he had good speed. Yeah, he yeah. had reasonable speed on Sunday. I think that all of Joe Gibbs racing, yeah, so Christopher, Christopher Bell, Bell ran well. Yes, I think yeah. all of Joe Gibbs racing can feel feel good about what they did, yeah. as well as Penske. I thought Penske had yeah. good speed. Well, I think if you're going to win at Richmond, you're going to have to beat Penske. I think the Fords are going to be great there. But when you go to Kyle Busch, um, this is going to be one of those races that the box score tells you nothing. Uh, I actually think this will be one of the most important races for the 18 this year. New crew chief. A lot has gone on in these first eight races, seven different winners. We've all heard the buzz, right? We talked last year about how long it took him to get him to win. A lot went wrong for the 18, and they found a way to end up 10th. Yeah. And I didn't go back and read the radio transcript, but there had to be some sort of professionalism on the radio to work through backwards once, you know, thought he had something broken at one point. I mean, a lot was going on. So I know that sounds crazy, yeah, no, Kyle. No, no, and it's a 10th place for Kyle Busch, and maybe nobody should care about a 10th no. place for Kyle Busch. But that could have easily been a ho-hum, it's over 30th, let's just go home. Instead, he worked with his new crew chief, his new team, and found a way to make something of the day. And, and I, hate to, I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it this way. How many times have we seen Kyle Busch have an issue, and then it seems like once the issue started, it was down. I'm out. Yeah. See you guys. Let's go to the next race. 
Kyle Busch hung in there. Yeah. Kyle Busch hung in there with them all day long. They made something when it appeared there was nothing. They, they made something out of it. So I, I got to give, I got to give, again, no matter what's going on inside that helmet and what's going on inside that, that car, he was conveying to the crew chief what he needed, and they were working it out, and they gave him something to run. So while we're talking about Kyle Busch, this huge wreck on the back straightaway, you see Kyle Busch yeah. uh, and Busch are getting together, then they're coming off turn two, make contact again, they both spin, and behind them, a parking lot. And, and a lot of cars got torn up in this wreck. Uh, you know, I, I, what's your thought on this right here? Look, look, and, and they talked about it on TV, maybe the 17 of Busher didn't give him enough room. It's short track racing. You, you take your, your space and it doesn't make any difference. Here's the thing, I want people to understand that you're in the middle of this corner, these two guys are in front of you by, what, 25 yards, something yeah. like that maybe? At the most. They start sideways, you're hammered down, dude. You're hammered down coming up out of that corner because you're racing that car in front of you, you're trying to beat this guy beside of you, and then all of a sudden, boom. There's a toll booth. How am I going to get through this toll booth? You know, it, it's just stopped. So when you, when you look at that, and we've seen pileups like that, not in recent years, but we've seen pileups like that before. Um, but I, I thought Kyle got position. He nudged him, nudged the 17 a little bit. 17 maybe crowded him a little bit, but it was just synchronized swing, uh, spinning. You know, when it when it was all done. I mean, it, it was a short track wreck. Yeah. I mean, you know. Right now, there are five spotters, four spotters, and drivers and crew chiefs watching that video going, well, how could we have missed it, and how could we have this, and listen, move on. Yeah. I mean, you're not, to your point, you're back to wide open. Right. You haven't, the car hasn't even landed yet. You know, you're yeah. kind of wide open, left rear out of the track, and now you're going to try to get it set down yeah. and slowed down, like, and you're going to pile off into this wreck. Normally, there's only one car backwards, you can kind of miss yeah. them. On a racetrack where you're running 20-some second laps, you know, I mean, low yeah. 20 laps. So it's like, you're on the gas, boom, when do I get off, when do I get off, when do I get off? I'm in it. I'm in the wreck, man. Yeah, what yeah. does Eric Jones right, do right there? What Nothing. does Cole Custer do? What does Brad Kozlowski Nobody. Do? What does Justin Haley do? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's nothing you can there's do. There's nothing those do. guys can do, man. I mean, do not criticize. You hope it's, this it's, is where it started. The wreck yeah, happened right. in turn two, but yeah. it started in turn yeah. one. Yeah. You know, they got got angry at each other. I think Busher, you know, I think to me, it looked like that he just moved down the racetrack to keep Kyle from being able to open up his exit. Yeah. That's, that's right. something we've that's all. all done. Everybody right? does, does it. it. That's right. Contact, and it's just racing happens. But it's it's a short track and racing happens and then the behind it, man, I, I just can't fault anything that went on no. behind it. So this is gonna sound crazy and maybe you two will disagree, but one thing I thought I noticed is that and I don't want to use the word respect because I don't think that's it, but there was always a hierarchy at Martinsville, it seems like, where if you had a great car, the passes became a little easier because people knew you had a great yeah. car and they kinda let you go. Man, there are cars, and I'm gonna say the 17, the 42. Uh, the 21 at times, cars that weren't the best, and they didn't give an inch anywhere. I mean, to everyone. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think yeah. they're being rude. They're not dirty drivers. I thought every pass that I saw was more contested than normal at Martinsville. Like, you know, to your point, normally when the 18 gets there, the 17 is like, ah, go ahead. Yeah. But no, he pinched him off on corner. Do we think that, is that like a, the groove is wide? Do we think it's the points? I, Why is it? I think it's the nature of the sport. I, yeah. I think that it's more, I, uh, some fans are going to say, no, it was better than whatever. I, I, it is so competitive. That's right. It is so competitive. Now I get it. There's, you know, there's a, a group of cars that are running, you know, from 34th to, you know, 40th. I get, they're in their own race, right? I get that. But forward of that, yeah. it's a dogfight. Yeah. And, and if you don't give 
100% and contest every single thing, you don't get what you need. And then that builds, it just builds on itself. Well, that guy didn't respect me, so I'm not going to respect him. It's just the nature of the business. I heard Mark Martin uh, in an interview a few, few weeks ago, and he said, I couldn't make it today. Oh yeah, he said I didn't. I wouldn't have had the mentality to race today the way that they race they each take, other. Yeah. And, and and I don't think it's wrong. I just think it's different. I think the 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 points win stages, mm-hmm. all those things. I just think is ramped up the intensity. And to your there's point, no, no point out the window. Yeah. As you point to me, there's no, none of this. No, there, there's some, there's some pointing. It's yeah. just not what you. But <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but I do think the track also and it, it, this track. I don't know why it always evolves. Yeah. I, there was a race there. 20 years ago, where we ran the whole the whole race for the second group. Oh, yeah. I know. Right? Look what Denny. Look how Denny Hamlin runs that racetrack now. He's in the yeah, it's he's different. It's halfway different up race. from the bottom. So I do think that that racetrack has opened up some, and it's allowed guys on the outside to contest that position yes. more than you used to. But I'll, and I I think another thing that we see last year and this year, probably more so than a long time in the sport, is that a Chris Buescher or a Michael McDowell or a Corey LaJoy can run with these top teams yeah. at a place like this. Mm-hmm. So why am I going to give you something on a racetrack where I know I can run with you? Yeah. Now at Talladega, I may give you, or at Charlotte or, or Kansas, I may have to give you that. You know what I mean? I'll concede that, that cubic dollars, you got it. Yep. You know what I mean? But we come here, this is my shot. This is my shot to have a run. So I'm not going to give you that, that corner. I'm not going to give you that position. So I think... As you say, the racing is just different. The intensity level is different. But at the same time, these guys know they can make something happen for a smaller team. And no playoff cars in the field, yeah. which is what you normally see in the yes. fall. The fall yeah. races are amazing, yeah. but they normally have fireworks at the front between oh, the playoff yeah. guys, right? This being so different, no playoff guys. So I guess everybody in the field goes, well, when I come back here, I know I'm going to have to give you a couple yeah, inches. I'm gonna so I'm going to take maybe two extra inches this time. <laughs> uh, so uh, Ryan Blaney. Yeah. Ran very well. Again, we've t- we talked about this a great deal on this show about Ryan Blaney, the speed they have, how well they run. They don't seem to finish as many races as they could. So, sat Sunday, they're sitting there in position to win a race, a very fast race car. Come in, the money stopped, yeah. winning time, bad pit stop, penalized, starting in the back. It all unraveled for them. Yeah, and, and, and this, I want Steve to answer this question because for me, I watched this pit stop and I watched what happened. And the first thing that popped into my head as a spectator and watching it is the pressure got to these guys. You know what I mean? This is a stop they needed. This is a stop they had to have. This is a stop where they could prove we can run with the Gibbs cars. We can run with the Hendrick cars. We've outrun them all day long. We deserve to be here. And not only do they have a bad stop, it compounds their problem by the hose getting hung, leaves the pit box, and then they got to go all the way to the back. And he did a valiant. He drove oh, a great job to get that thing back. back. To 11th? Yeah, to 11th. I, that was fantastic watching that. I wish we'd have had a camera just on <laughs> that part right. of it to watch him come through there. But, man, he had a winning race car. So I do think pressure's real. Um, it, you know, you can – it's just real. It's real over the walls where, for the driver, real for everybody. Uh, I also, you know, I don't want to beat – you know the, the same storyline over over the head, but we got to remember while the world is opening back up, it's still COVID restrictions yeah. in the garage area. So the number of personnel for a pit crew to operate is at the bare minimum, not over the wall, behind the wall. And I only say that because with this, I, I know I read some stuff that the crew chief said about the driver was long, which definitely doesn't help, right? But you know, how do those hoses get tidied up and who's responsible for it? And 
If there was a couple extra set of hands, would somebody be able to do something to try to help this? I don't know. I asked myself, were the behind the wall guys, would the last time they were at pit practice, was that perhaps February? You know, I bet they're yeah. there this week. Yeah. And that's not a knock on anyone, but, but when you get to Martinsville and the tight proximity of pit road, there's so many ways it can go wrong. And this is one simple way where somehow that hose got in a position where it shouldn't be. And who's responsible to make sure that doesn't happen in the future? So explain that, because I think a lot of fans that are watching this today are saying, hold on, there's only X amount of, dry, only X amount of people allowed on pit road. That's the only people involved in a pit stop. Right. Explain. So so simple. Let's start about over pit wall, right? There's five people. The gas man, he's just a gas man, so there's really four. Right? You got a jack man, a tire carrier, a couple tire changers. Tire changers, their job's pretty simple, right? Lug nuts off, lug nuts on, Right. Then you have, you know, I mean, wax on, wax on, wax on, right? That's it. So, and then you have a guy that has to carry a tire and a guy that has to jack and they kind of alternate. That's all over pit road. You see that every day. But let's talk about behind. Someone has to hold the sign. When the front tire changer jumps out, somebody has to throw his hose to make sure it doesn't get tangled up with the guy that's going, yeah. right? Somebody has to hand that left front tire. Oh, and don't forget, you're bringing the right side tires over, so somebody has to be at the front of the car to catch those. We've seen more tires bounce off the wall back out in the pit road. Someone in the back has to pick up the second can hand it to the gas guy. The other guy has to take the first, you know, well, guess what? I've named about eight jobs. Well, you got yeah. about six guys. Yeah. So, so we see the majority of crew chiefs, I'd love to say all, but I can't confirm, the majority of crew chiefs are getting off the pit box to do some part of the pit yeah. stop. That never happened before. There's no other engineers sitting up there. I think we saw that with cars getting called in and out of the box, much more difficult from being down on pit road. And this hose I mentioned, Jeff, right? Before there was a guy, his only job was that hose. Yeah. And this guy's only job was handing in that left front tire. Yeah. Well, now those jobs or some of those jobs, different for each team, have been combined. So it's like you don't have a lot of time, right? So like you throw the hose, you get the tire, you do this, you do that. Did this person notice, oh, man, I can make that a little bit better. You know, the, all those little things. Um, and you don't have a problem when it's a 50-foot pit stall. That's Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right, right, right. That right, is true. Right. I mean, like, that is true. Anybody can park in a nice yeah. big parking lot. Yeah. I want you to parallel park this suburban yeah. out here on the on the yeah. corner. Yeah, and and talking about the guys behind the wall, you're right. The pit stall on that side of the wall, the pit stall is the same on this side of the wall. Yeah. So when you've got your left front and right front tire right here, and that guy's got his left side, left rear and right rear tire right there, man. It, lucky we don't get somebody else's tires on other people's cars because you're that tires, close together. I had a Truex yeah. at one time yeah. at Miami. I mean. There are so many moving parts. Yeah. The best thing that happened to me is I had a chance to go back on the pit box at Miami this year. Um, I feel there's a lot of this sport. You can have conversations you can watch. You've said it all the time. You say, hey, listen, I'd love to just go drive one of these cars. Not because I want to race. I'd love to just yeah. take this rules package, run a couple laps, and be like, oh, that's what they're talking about. Yeah. You know, It gave me that chance. I sat up there. And then the car came in. I'm, oh man, whoa, whoa, off the box. Oh, tire in. I'm, I was busier than I had ever been. And and it was you know, the first time. This is no joke. The first time I call him in there, and the guys are running around, and I'm leaning. I'm like, uh, he needs this tire that I'm leaning on right here. Like, like I just, I, I never had to do it. So yeah. the, you know, the responsibility. And so now you mentioned pressure. Well, guess what? It's just not the guy hitting lug nuts That's that true. feels that pressure. Yeah, you know, the guys behind the wall, they know this is the money stop, too. Listen, it's interesting to hear you say it because I realize that there's a wall and there's a line that runs right through the middle of that pit stop. But what goes on on this side of the line is just as important to have that 12-5 pit stop or that 11-9, whatever it may be, as goes on on the other side. That's, that's fascinating. I mean, there's that, a lot that's, going on. Yeah, I learned something here today, man. This has been good for me. It's, it's, it's so complex. I mean, it, it looks so easy. You know, yeah, and I, it you does. Know, 
when you watch when I watch a basketball game, like God just hit the shot, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's you know the things that look easy aren't. Yeah. It's so complex, so many things yeah, going on. Great explanation, Steve. Yeah, it was fun conversation. That was good. Well, yeah, when we come back, uh, hopefully we Wasn't have some good more for callers. I think <laughs> I think we have some more callers, so we're gonna take a little break. Come back, let them join us. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Ready to go, 250 main here at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Oh, Hunter Lawrence is down. Down goes McAdoo. Big crowd is loving this underdog here today. Now, Nate Trasher, never even close to being on the podium, is going to go from the LCQ to a main event win. There's another first-time winner. Plenty of Australia's going to race Supercross this year and came out and did this, man. It feels amazing. This is it. Time to bring the action. 450 main event. He's down. The race leader crashes. He has never faced the pressure of Eli Tomac. That's costly time-wise for Chase oh. Sexton. Look out! Big jump from Tomac to take the lead. Listen to the crowd. Eli Tomac wins at Atlanta Motor Speedway and keeps his championship hopes alive. That was spectacular. Well, that was great racing this weekend from the from the uh, Supercross guys, Monster Energy Supercross Series. Those guys, wow, they just get at it, man. That's like that. You know, that's what we need at Martinsville. We need a jump coming off of two, <laughs> so that you can jump all the way to three and bypass every. That, that was a fascinating right there. We all and I love the track down Atlanta Motor Speedway, yeah, outdoor that kind job, of stadium. Man. We've always seen it at Daytona. Yeah. Uh, their schedule obviously moving all around with COVID. We saw them down in Atlanta, and it was. Um, I, I think I like it outside. So I know I've seen it in person, yeah. and I know how fast they go and how high yeah. they jump. But there's something about outside, and I'm like, you see pit road behind them, you're like, well, that was one, two, three. that was like six pit boxes. Fifth, like, yeah. I could start yes. to re, you know, yeah. really understand how fast That's and far crazy, they were going. Man. Well, tomorrow night on Peacock, seven o'clock, you can watch more of it from yeah. Atlanta. That was a cool racetrack, like fast. Yeah. That one, that straight, that one straight, yeah. so long on that thing. Yeah, a little bit of speed, a little bit of air. What more do you want, man? Well, two more tires for me, thanks. <laughs> I need. Uh, you know two what more I tires. want. I want NASCAR on the show. Okay, oh, let's do NASCAR. it. NASCAR, come on, man. What you got? What's going on, y'all? Man, Martinsville was beating, banging. Now, that was Martinsville to me, y'all. That was fun. Um, I got to ask you about – I know the guy can win on any given day, but I got to talk about Kevin Harvick. Well, we're, how Gibbs and Penske's running. Didn't really have a top-10 car yesterday. Kind of ran 15. But is there still some kind of little maybe – level of concern with Harvick and kind of being behind these other teams? Uh, listen, I think the concern is more than little. Oh, um, panic button. Where is it? Hold on, hold on. Now, <laughs> now, listen, Martinsville specifically, I think you could almost make a case they ran a little better than they did there last year. Yeah. Like, they were yeah, really bad last really year when bad. they really needed it. Maybe 
a little bit of improvement, not enough, but maybe there's something that they feel like they learned that they can apply. I, I don't know, but I, but I do think, and, and Rodney Childress has been very open about it. You know, he feels like they're aerodynamically deficient and that's going to be hard to overcome. Uh, you know, here's a guy that won all those races last year, sitting there ninth and point, finished ninth yesterday. Uh, not where he needs to be, yeah. not the speed they need to have. I mean, it's it's a bad combination of needing to find some more handling and or speed in their race car and a very young driver lineup, yeah. right? A rookie yeah. and a sophomore. And I yeah. say that, Kyle, we had a lot of conversation yes. about, you know, like, let's talk about a driver's role, right? Kevin Harvick went to Stuart Haas Racing and with the help of Roddy Childers on that four team, reset what his career expectations yeah. are. I mean, just rebranded himself. He, he elevated SHR, and there were other drivers that could kind of dabble in. We saw Clint Boyer win a race. We've seen Eric Amarola run up front. Last year, we did see the 41 go to victory lane once. Well, now he has talent around him, but one's a rookie, can't expect much. One's a sophomore, can't expect much. And as much as I love Eric and think he's a decent race car driver, I've never seen him be able to elevate the equipment off the racetrack. I think he benefits from someone like Harvick who can say, hey, we need more horsepower, we need more this. And I think Eric can go and run pretty good with it. We see him yeah. at Dover a lot, Bristol a yes. lot, certain yeah. tracks. But it's really, really difficult. I mean, they are 28th, 27th, and 24th in owner's points. Yes, which is, that's that's a long ways yeah. back. Yeah, when, when you look at where SHR has been, when you look at where up knocking on the door at Hendrick, knocking on the door with Penske, knocking on the door with, with Gibbs, and, and going door-to-door, wheel-to-wheel, win-wise, year in and year out, to see how far that's, that's fallen. Um, but for me, the telltale sign is, is that they're really slipping is a ninth place, okay? In the past, Kevin could take a ninth or tenth place car, and somehow he and Rodney would wheel that thing to second or third. And you would look back at the end of the day, and you'd like, how, how'd they finish right there? How did they get to there? You know what I mean? And it was Rodney making a good call. It was, was Kevin getting up on the wheel and carrying that thing for two or three positions. Now Kevin's carrying it, but he can't get it much further than ninth or 10th, yeah. and he spends most of the day at 11th, 12th, or 13th. So they, they've slipped. They've lost six or seven positions. Not, you know, They've not lost that 20-position kind of fall like we've seen their teammates. But they're slipping also. So, what, so what's the example of having a company, a multi-car team, with you know more than two yeah. cars? What's the example of having uh, one team that's just far superior than the rest that continues that long term? Like, where is it? I, I think it's very hard to do. You have yeah. to get help. If you you yeah. have to get help from your teammates, you have to. And and if and when you look at if you look at Joe Gibbs racing, if you look at Penske. If you, you start looking, you look yeah. at Hendrick Motorsports, you look at how they are able to spread throughout yeah. the company. Now, I'm not saying they all run the same because they don't. No. But they all run well. At different and, times. And, and, and you yeah. learn. And when you can sit down and you can say, okay, you ran 11th, and what was your issue? Well, I was a little bit this. I was a little bit that. Needed to be better in this part of the corner. You can learn from that. If your teammate's running 28th, yeah. and his comment is, we are horrible, you learn nothing. Right. I've been part. I've been the guy that needed the teammate that could help me, and I've been the guy that was a teammate that was providing no help whatsoever. Yeah. And when you're the guy that's not providing any help, yeah. what you try to do is you try to go to the best team and say, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's all one way. 
And and it's so hard, as good as Kevin Harvick is, as good as Rodney Childers is, and I, listen, this stuff's hard, right? It's, <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. hard. Yeah. But you but there has to they have to find a way yeah. to to have more more competition within that company and then fight it out amongst them. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. but right now it's yeah. Kevin yeah. And, and Rodney carry it. And that that's a great point. You know, I, I think I think and, and we talk about we well, let's go back to Daytona and, and Brad Keselowski and, and Joy Logano. The one thing they do for Penske is they push each other. They push each other to make each other better, and they push each other to make the team better. If we go to Hendrick, if we go to, to the Gibbs and go to those organizations, those drivers may be cordial, but they push each other. Um, so I, I think that's the big deal. Nobody's pushing Kevin. No, nobody, and, and everybody is pulling Kevin back because they're saying, help me, help me. I'm drowning back here. Help me. Kevin can't move forward when his teammates are pulling him back. Yeah, I mean, it's everyone needs a little nudge back in the right direction. Oh, yeah. Right? Every, right? Whether it's a setup or a car, right? And when no one's there to be like, man, how'd you get out there? No, come on back. Yeah. You know, how'd you get there on right front spring or what? Yeah. How'd you get there on shocks or whatever these details are? And, man, when you don't have that. I mean, look at Hendrick Motorsports. They're running great this year. William Byron's on a stretch, six straight top tens. Um, and you have to ask yourself, we've seen how fast Larson is. but what else? We, what we don't see yeah. is what happens when they come back on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yes. You know, the fact that he's there yeah. and running great laps, do they say, well, we learned something from that five car? Yeah. We've had these same conversations about him in motorsports. We have. Oh, yeah, we have. Right? And they've yes, turned it around. You know, they've turned it around, and now you see him running up front every week. But We've had these same exact conversations. Where is Hendrick Motorsports? How many times did we and, have that conversation? And we're having them about SHR. And we're going to have them about... Again, well, someone has to be at the bottom. About, yeah, right. We're going to have them I mean, like about somebody at right. some point in time. That's just that's the nature of what this sport is. That's right. Well, we, we, uh, somebody that we, was a great conversation this past weekend, Josh Berry. Yes. Won oh, the Xfinity race. A great late model racer. We're lucky enough. He, he's going to be on with us when we come back from break. Good. So when we come back, we're going to have Josh Berry. Y'all got some tough questions for him, right? Oh, for sure. Oh, Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. the story of Josh Berry. He's 30 years old, lifelong late model racer for Junior Motorsports. He knew Martinsville as a place where he could capitalize because he had so much late model experience here. Going to the checkers. How about that, baby? Josh Berry, hell yeah! I've never cried like I cried today <laughs> over, over racing, anything I ever did or anything my dad did. I just wanted this so bad for Josh, maybe as bad as he wanted it. 
We can do it. We just need the opportunities. Today proved it. Yeah, it's a short track, but it's still damn hard to win here, and we did it. <laughs> I agree. Hard to win there. He's yes, absolutely he right. That says it all, man. So that's what racing's about, right? That's I exactly mean, here's right. a 30-year-old guy that if you race late model stocks in North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina, you're going to have to beat him. you got to yeah, go through right. him to win the race if he's on the racetrack. He, 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 he's a throwback racer. He works on his own race cars. He drives the heck out of them. He knows how to race. He's not just fast. He's a racer, right? Uh, listen, I have to tell you. I have to tell you guys, on last Wednesday's show, I picked him to win the race. Oh, no way. I did. So, so no he was way. my guy. I picked him. And he has been thrust into a great situation, yeah. but a horrible situation. That's right. Because never before has it been this difficult to get in a race car for the first time. You got no practice, no nothing. Line them up, drop the green flag, go. And this is the first time he walked in the gate and he went, I know where the bathroom is. Yeah. I know where the start finish exactly. line is. I know. I mean, he yeah, could right, roll yeah. in there and he had he had confidence rolling in there. If my car is good, I can I can run with these guys. And and that goes back to what you said earlier about Truex winning races yeah. and having confidence and carrying confidence in the Martinsville. Josh Berry carried experience and confidence in, in to Martinsville, where he didn't take that to Atlanta. He didn't yeah, take oh, that yeah. some, the, to some of the other places. Right. But here, he walked in there thinking, you're going to have to go through me to leave here with a clock. Well, and you heard the emotion out of Dale Jr. This was a, um, we had these conversations last year when it was kind of sprung on us all. Hey, I'm going to put Josh Berry, won the national championship. I'm going to commit to him in some races in this car. These weren't sold. This yep. wasn't a business deal. This was Dale Jr. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot written about his legacy of NASCAR, and I don't think perhaps they're going to write enough about ownership. Yeah. Truex came through the Junior Motorsports camp, Brad Kozlowski, right? So now here's Dale and his sister Kelly yeah. who commit in Josh Berry, and you heard the emotion in the voice because right. Dale loves late model racing, and Josh Berry has been uh, one of the kings of it here on the whole East Coast as of late. It was great to see him because, to your point, think about how hard it's going to be to learn these mile and a half, two mile tracks. Yeah. Um, you know, totally different race car. Yeah. He went somewhere that he was comfortable and, and he mainly paid off. You know, last year in late mile stocks, he he got uh, he got suspended from the series because he had an on track situation, right? So he's like, all right, well, I'll just change my plans and he went and won the national championship. Right. Right? Like, yeah. I got you. Like you're gonna yeah. suspend me from yeah. this? Yep. I got you. I'll I go do this. I yeah. mean that, you know, to me, that's that's, that's right. just he's a racer. Yeah. He's a racer and he just needs an opportunity yeah. and needs more time. Yeah. And guess what? We got him. All hey, right. Josh. How are you, buddy? Pretty good. How are you guys? <laughs> Not as good as you. Yeah, I know. Not <laughs> as good as you today. What time is it on that clock up there? <laughs> uh, well, I, I haven't got the one from yesterday in yet. I, I got mine from the, the late model race, though. I like that. I like that. Yeah. All right, Josh. So, listen, man. There's nothing like your first. I know you've won some big races, um, and we all know how hard those late model races are to win. But what was it like, this battle, run a couple trucks in your careers, run a handful of Xfinity, to, to do it at a place that we all love to go to Victory Lane at Martinsville in the Xfinity Series? Yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, it was just amazing, man. Um, you know, I obviously felt, I'm not going to say I felt more uh, confident going there, uh, but definitely more comfortable. I mean, it's somewhere that I'd been before, which is, which is obviously a big deal, and plus I've won. So, um, you know, I just had a good feeling about that, but, you know, really Taylor called a great race. We got track position early on Friday night and it was almost in a way kind of like having practice. Um, we ran, 
we ran 80 some odd laps Friday night, got to go home, think on it. You know, I was able to talk with my team you know, as well as like Dale Jr. And a couple people about things I was feeling. And, and, um, I think that translated into the success that we saw yesterday. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want to know, you, you said it's not confidence. Um, you didn't go in more, but listen, coming out of Atlanta, the last shot we had of you at Atlanta was sky high, um, running through the mud and, and tearing the front end off that thing. And, and we talked about how hard it is for a driver to go in and just show up at these places, no practice, no anything, just jump in and go. But there had to be some confidence. Um, it's just like Jeff Burton said. He knows where the bathroom is at Martinsville. He didn't know where the bathroom was at Atlanta, so he knows where the bathroom is. There had to be some confidence to say, hey, I'm, I can compete with these guys here. This is where I can shine. Yeah, I think I think at the beginning of the year, definitely we uh, you know we kind of circled Martinsville as one where we thought we could win, um, and would have a really good shot at a good run. But I don't know, really the the last couple weeks between uh, the deal at Phoenix and Atlanta kind of knocked me down a little bit. Um, I was pretty frustrated about how things had been going, and man, in Martinsville, like that couldn't have been a more perfect place to go race and, and have the success we did. Like I said, it was uh, really unbelievable. Well, Josh, on Motormouse, we, we uh, encourage the fans to call in. Well, we're going to have uh, some questions for you coming in from the fans. So our first caller is on. Hey, Josh, uh, longtime fan. I'm just wondering, uh, when you lived with Mom and Willie, what was your favorite dish? <laughs> crab legs. <laughs> crab legs, for sure. She could, make, she could make some killer crab legs in the oven. I mean, it'd be like a Wednesday night, and she'd be making crab legs. I was living, I was living the king's life. Oh, that's I good. I recognize that voice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so Josh, tell there's there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fans that probably don't know how you and Dale Jr. got hooked up together. Tell us, tell everybody how that happened. Yeah, so um, basically it was through uh, online racing, you know, which is kind of now the main platform for that is iRacing. But um, we uh, just kind of developed a friendship through there, and um, we raced with each other some. I mean, it wasn't necessarily like I'm the, you know, the most polished or best sim racer, um, but you know, we just we we just developed a friendship and. Uh, you know, that translated into me getting an opportunity in the, to test the late model car at Motor Mall Speedway in Virginia, and um, that went well, and that translated into a couple races, and then ultimately I ended up moving to, moving to North Carolina and, and working at JRM in the, in the Xfinity shop. Um, I did tear down and wa washed the cars after the races and um, washed all the parts and did that stuff for about two or three years, and then... Um, that, and then, uh, that turned into, uh, um, our late model program grew enough that it allowed me to begin working for it. And, you know, that's what I've been doing ever since. So junior Dale junior was the caller there. My question for you is what gave you the confidence or what was the reason? I mean, you've had a lot of drivers in your cars. What yeah. gave you this, this, this gamble, pull the trigger mentality to put Josh in this Xfinity car? Um, I haven't been able to hear Josh, so I hope he's saying good things about him. But oh yeah, um, yeah, he's saying good. He's he's learned that much. He's talking nice yeah, he's about good. the owner. He's good. <laughs> yeah, I um, you know we 
we um, just, you know, we've had a lot of opportunities to put a lot of great drivers in our uh, late model program. And Josh is one of many, many uh, people that we've had the chance to work with. And a lot of those guys have been able to, I guess, graduate out of our program, move on to different things. And Josh has been a part of uh, watching and helping and grooming some of those drivers. He's uh, He helped William Byron and, and, and several others, uh, Christian Eckes, other, you know, other guys get up through, <clears throat> through the ranks and out of the late model car. And he's had to sit there and kind of watch them progress. He continues to support those drivers, and they certainly continue to support him, but he's had to be patient. And I just never gave up on thinking we might get an opportunity to keep, you know, keep keep pushing him forward and find ways to get him in our cars. And uh, he's still really young. You know, he turns – he's 30 years old, and I think that he – you know, most if you're aiming at Cup, you can be successful there in your mid-40s at least. And uh, so I think he's got a lot of years left, and we never were, we never felt like that his time had passed. And uh, I still think that his better, best years of, of racing are ahead of him, and we want to continue to uh, to believe in that, uh, you know, believe in believe in him be- becoming a full time Xfinity driver for us. Uh, we really want that to be a reality. So we just always kind of hoped it would, you know, present itself, and we're getting closer. Well, winning fixes a lot of issues. It was yeah. great to see. Yeah, was, great. Congratulations, Junior. It was awesome to see. And, Josh, um, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't think this will be the first. I think uh, – or this won't be the last, I yeah. mean. I think this practice – Jeff talks about it. You know, you don't get a lot of laps at these tracks. When you go back and see these things for the second time, um, then he'll know where the bathroom is. Kyle, he'll have a little of that confidence of at least knowing yeah. he wants his car to drive like. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, – yeah, I've been really happy with – um, our speed all year. I think our cars have been fast. We've just had a lot of mistakes. Um, some, some on me, you know, we've had some issues on pit road and different things. And, um, you know, we just had to clean all that stuff up. And we were, and we, like I said, we, we executed perfectly, uh, this weekend at Martinsville. And, and, uh, I mean, like I said, I, I've, I felt like we'd have a good chance, but man, that was a, it was a home run. I think this, <clears throat> this opportunity, um, yeah, they couldn't have went. It really couldn't have went any better. I mean, you can't. I, I think if we would have got some top fives and different things, sure that would have been great. But to come out there and win, I mean, that's that's yeah, that was the home run. Well, Josh, thanks, thanks, thanks for man. joining us, buddy. Congratulations, man. Yeah. I will tell you, take time to enjoy it. Yeah, uh, take time to enjoy it. The first win is always special. I know you won a ton of races, but. Uh, take time to enjoy this because yeah. those things are really, really difficult to win. Nate Dale Jr. Yeah. by the beer. He yeah. owes you. Congratulations, <laughs> man. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. See you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's always fun. Always fun to see a guy that's that deserving get his yeah. first you know, big breakthrough. I, I, I will say this. He is the poster child for guys from here to California, right. from Washington State to Miami. It doesn't make any difference. For a local racer who's done something that they all believe they can do. You know I mean? He give hope. That one race through Dale Jr. and Kelly has given hope to uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of drivers out there thinking, man, right situation, you know, I could be that guy. The age comment was refreshing for me because yeah. this isn't just racing, right? Every yeah. sport in the world, younger, 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 younger. Everybody yeah. only plays one sport. Refreshing for a guy that's not 18. No offense to the 18-year-olds. Yeah. But this is a guy's, you know, three decades of work he's put in yeah. to finally get this chance. Yeah, yeah I, listen, I, this is NASCAR. 
th- that story yeah. is it's yeah. right. It's it's what it's awesome That's about incredible. it. And and it's just a, it's a good it's really yeah. cool. Listen, as in NASCAR though, now we're going to have this conversation in the future about should he be in the playoffs? Should he not? <laughs> like you know, we're going to have to get complicated. Yes. But you know, we'll have that at another day or maybe later. We'll see. Yeah. But we got we're lucky enough. Our colleague with NBC is going to join us, Brad Doherty, oh, here good. in a little bit. We're going to go to break for a minute. Love it. That'll be with us. Let's see that. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, welcome back to Motor Mouse. Here we are on the playoff leaderboard. We can see all the winners, first through seventh. They're all locked in, won races, and then it's pretty interesting there. They're about 16, some big names. Kurt Busch right there on the line, Alex Bowman, Ryan Newman, Bubba Wallace. It's going to be a tight battle, guys, all the way through the, through this uh, regular season. big thing for me is there's a lot of big names not in yellow. Yeah. Right, so that that's yeah. the big thing for me yeah. is we can look at the points all we want. Denny Hamlin, he's got a huge points lead, but there's a lot of names that I expect to win that have yet yeah. to, and that's going to move that's that line quick. Yeah, that's going to move the line. The win is going to move the line. Yeah, is what's going to move. I, I I don't you know you get so far down in points you can't make it up without the win. Yeah, so right. you're going to have to have the win, but the wins will come for these teams that you speak of. Well, yeah. we're talking about Stuart Haas racing. Yeah, right. You got and you know Kevin Harvick sitting there. He he there they are smart enough, consistent enough to point their way in, right? Yeah. Unless you get this crazy yeah. number of winners, then it could be really difficult. But, you know, we mentioned Stuart Haas before. Can any of those other three teams yeah. make the playoffs if they don't win a if race? Win. I mean, they're so far behind. Not without a win, but can Chase Briscoe win a road course? I mean, now I know he has to go beat, you know, the best of the best in Truex and Chase. And so the answer Blaney is no. And no, I don't agree. <laughs> I think that – how about this one? No – he, yes, he can win a road Indy, course. Indy road course. It, listen, Tough he can win anywhere. Been there. He's been he, there. You, you know, I don't think he's going to go out there and just outpace them all day no. long. But I think if the circumstance fell his way and you gave him a little track position with That's five right. to go, exactly. he put it together for five laps and yes. he had to do it. Exactly. I, and I, I do believe that. I believe, you know, it, you, you can't say, after, after watching the first six or seven races of this year, okay, we can't sit here and honestly say, that guy's not going to win a race. That guy's that guy's not going to run. Because if you had all these yeah. winners, you're. I, I know, man. <laughs> you you are the guy if you've had this. Well, we just had a guest on that. Yeah. When when have you heard when have yeah. you heard Josh True. Berry's name during the year except True. for when he was going through the grass yeah. or the yeah. playing at the, yeah. like yeah. You no, you're heard exactly right. Yeah. You're right situation, right yeah. day, enough yeah. talent, boom, there you man. go. Now you're in the playoffs. Yeah. So I'm, there's no doubt. I mean, anybody can win on any day. I think that's what makes it so exciting, yeah. and that's why you have to watch. Right now, you can, man. Let's uh, let's get Brad Dory's opinion. Brad, yes. I tell you what, Brad. Brad, how are you, bud? Good. How are you guys doing? I like your studio there. Where you at? You had a drive-through somewhere? 
right? Just walked off the golf course. Come talk to you, knuckleheads. <laughs> you should have done it right in the golf cart. It'd have been perfect. So, Brad, listen, you've been around this sport. We know your history. Not only an owner, but a huge fan. Uh, let, let's yeah. start with that big 10,000-foot question. Is it possible to predict who can win these races? It seems as chaotic uh, and as jumbled up as we've ever seen it. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think, you know, still coming off of, of last year and the lack of practice, I still think it creates an opportunity for for anyone that can just can hit the setup right and, and get through the stages and continue to adjust on their race cars, you know, with, with the lack of testing and, and that Friday practice session, I still think it gives guys and, and, and smaller teams like mine a great opportunity to take advantage of the circumstances. And so, yeah, I, I think we have some more surprise winners coming uh, as we go throughout these next few weeks just because of the set of circumstances. Once we get deeper into the season, though, I'll be shocked if we don't hear the, the you know, the consistent names of Kyle Busch and, and Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin and those guys. But uh, but until we get through the dog days, which are into June, I still think there's some guys that can strike while the iron's kind of hot. Hey, listen, I, I want to ask you, I'm going to change subjects a little bit and go back to Josh Berry because uh, we did a coffee yeah. with Kyle and you talked about buying an Xfinity car, a Bush car, taking Robert Presley and going, and you're like, man, we're going to finish in the top five. We're going to finish in the top three. And you won the race. What was yeah. that moment like for you guys and for Robert Presley to show up and win a race racing against all the big guys? Can you put yourself in Josh Berry's position? 100%. Uh, I'm a huge Josh Berry fan, by the way. Uh, watched him win that, that national championship last year. Guys a stud. Uh, yes, absolutely. So when, when we went racing and we actually raced against Burton a lot back in those days when we were still trying to figure it out, uh, Robert Presley and myself, we built a, an old six-cylinder Bush Grand National Series car, went up to, to Orange County, won the dadgum race. Uh, you're racing against, you know, when you grow up in these little small towns like I did, when you raced in the expanding series or the Bush Series, these were our heroes. I mean, we were raced against Jack Ingram and, and Tommy Houston, and these are the people that were our heroes. And so to go up to Orange County with Robert Presley and, and have a chance to win a race, much less win it, it was like winning the Super Bowl, man. And so for Josh Berry to come out and win this expanding race in today's time with everyone having such great resources and equipment, this is huge. And uh, it, it's great for the old throwback racers like myself to see a guy like Josh Berry have a chance to win at Martinsville. I still remember that race at Orange County, Robert Presley run. He, uh, I was we in the race. Well, it was it was a Presley. That's how, that's what you expected. But, but I, I remember him getting into Tommy Ellis, right? Got into Tommy Ellis, and I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, this is gonna be interesting because you don't get into Tommy Ellis. I remember that. Tommy, hey, after the race, I'm standing there. We're so excited, and I see this little bitty guy coming down pit road. Man, he was hot. All I saw was goo-goo clusters. I'm like, what is that? That's Tommy. He looks up to me. He was so mad. He said, Brad Dottie, ooh, y'all dirty, Brad Dottie. I'm going to throw a snake on you. What are you talking about? You're going to throw a snake on me. Oh, he was hot. So, yeah, we met Tommy. That wasn't good. So victory, victory Lane was on the front straightaway, yes. right? Yes, yes. Sure. And I can still remember. I can still remember looking. It was Orange County, man. I was on the whole track. I was yes. supposed to win that race, and but I was watching, looking at Victory Lane do it. Oh man, I wanted to win. Here comes Tommy Ellis. 
Yelling, yelling at you like this. Oh, he's going with me. Oh, man. All right, Brad, tell us straight. How'd you play? You can't well, – come on now. Oh, man, I lit it up, man. Big fella got – I got in my buddy's pocket today. It's a good day for the big fella. Got gas, buddy. I got <laughs> Oh, <laughs> man. I was actually thinking we got you off the golf course. We'd probably save you some money. But, yeah. but No, good job. Hey, so, real quick, real quick. Yeah. What's your, what's one one uh, one surprise this this year so far in the Cup Series? Well, I mean, I think there's been a couple, but uh, you know, I, I think the guys over at, at Trackhouse Racing have done a good job. They struggled a little bit this this weekend, but I, I've been impressed with them. I've been talking to Andy Petrie about that deal a lot because it's an interesting scenario what they're doing. I mean, they could change the way race teams come together. I mean, they don't own one piece of equipment. Uh, the guys over at RCR are providing everything, and Daniel Suarez has done a great job. So uh, I've been—it's been fun to watch those guys, and and then my guys. I've been—I've been really proud of Ricky Stenhouse. You know, we wrecked forty-seven thousand race cars last year. About put me out of business, and uh, he listened to me, man. I've, I've told him, let's just get—let's just make good days. Let's make good decisions. Get good finishes. Finished fifteenth yesterday. I'm excited about that, and I'm still—I I think the biggest surprise though has been that four car. Man, they, they, I, 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 I can't put my finger on it. I, I got a couple of ideas why they're not running as well as they did last year, but I, I'm just shocked that they've not been in the conversation week in and week out uh, yeah. yet. Well, Brad, well, thank you for joining us, thanks, man. man. We're at the end of tour doing the show. Appreciate it. Good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah man, I thank you. One thing that was for. I can't wait to see you guys, man. We're gonna have some fun this summer. Yes, sir. Yes, we are, dude. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Absolutely. Good deal. Uh, that was a fun show. That guys. was a fun show. That was guys. fun. That was. Well, it's fun. Look, when you race Martinsville, it's going to be fun. And oh, look. Oh, Richmond. That should be a long time. <laughs> Nothing ever happens yes, at Richmond. Yeah, Who's yes. going to win? Richmond? I'd say Kyle Busch. I'm, I'm going out on a limb here. Penske, 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 Penske. I say Brad Keselowski makes it a trifecta at Penske. They all win. Wow. Kyle Busch hadn't run in front of his two teammates all year. Why is he going to start? I don't know. I just He's decided a new Kyle winner. How about new you, winner. Nostradamus? You new had, winner. Yeah, Josh Berry. Who you got? Mark Truex. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, back to back. Way out on a limb. Way out on a limb. Thank you guys for joining us. Motor Mouse. We always run in our mouths. All right. Appreciate you joining us. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.